Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Fearless Fiction. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh, and I am so excited to be back on the air after a two-year hiatus. So we're back, baby, with a new name and a new focus. Unlike my previous podcast, Fearless Fiction will focus on authors from many different genres, not just romance. I'm excited to meet writers who explore various genres, push boundaries, and are generally fearless. So thanks to all of you for tuning in and joining me on this new journey. It's going to be a fun ride, that I can promise you. So I'm so pleased to introduce my guest, Armand Rosamilia. Armand is a Jersey boy who now lives in sunny Florida. A full-time author, he has published 200 works in the crime thriller genre as well as horror. So welcome, Armand. So glad you could join me. How are you? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's currently a very rainy Florida right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, it's sunny here. I'm actually in Florida at the moment as well, so it's sunny over here in Tampa. Um, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about your writing journey. How long have you been writing, and what made you want to start writing? I had my first story published in 1988. I was a senior in high school many, many years ago. And uh, 10 years ago now, I have been full-time as an author, able to make a living and, and pay my part of the bills with my writing, which is, uh, which is great. But well, you're living the dream, for me right? <laughs> that is yep, absolutely living, like so many writers living the dream, yeah. dream. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's my Sorry, dream since I, was, since I was 12, and I uh, picked up my first Dean Koontz book, and then that was it for me. It took me, it took me a long time to get there. Uh, into my 40s, but I finally started making enough that I could, uh, you know, I could actually legitimately do this and uh, make a living out of it, which was great. Yeah. So were you writing all that time or is it something, did you explore other things and then at 40 turn to writing again? I'd always written, um, you know, I worked retail management. So you're, you're, you know, six days a week, 80 hours a week. I had two really bad marriages in that time. And um, they both hated me to be writing. You know, they wanted me to spend every second with them. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was kind of like, it was, it was kind of like that hidden thing. I, I had a, one, one of the wives one night got up in the middle of the night and I was up writing and she walked in to the kitchen and I was like in the dark and I'm, typing away on my laptop and she looked over my shoulder and she said, I would rather you were looking at porn than, than doing this. And then she stormed back off to bed. And I'm thinking, really, is that really what you <laughs> would rather I do? Because they, they knew it was, this was the, you know, this is the thing that I love. This is what I wanted to do. 
it's funny, you know, writing is, is in some ways such a personal thing. And I wonder if people are jealous of it because it's hard for someone else to really participate in your writing. Like they can, they can read the output afterwards, but really when you're writing, you're in your own world. So was it, was it so much that they were jealous of the time or the fact that you were in something that they just couldn't even participate in? I think it was both. Yeah. You know, for both of them, I think it was, I want you to, to be sitting here on the couch with me watching whatever I want to watch and not be thinking about stories by not, you know, being in another Mm -hmm. room or being in the same room with me writing. They would always, if they would ever read anything, they would always say, oh, this is about me. This awful woman in the story is me. (laughs) And I would say, no, it's not. No, and it always was, you know, it was always about them. It's funny. My husband is very, very supportive of my writing and he's very accepting of me, you know, being in my own little world. I'm a bit solitary. And it was actually, he was the one who got me a, cause I'd been talking about writing for years and years and years. And again, I was about 40. I waited until I like just had a baby, had a very busy job. And I still was talking about writing and my husband bought me a new, you know, laptop. And he said, don't use this for work. Use this just for your writing. Just do it and, and stop talking about it. And that was the best gift. It really was. But it's funny. People, um, people ask me, they're like, oh, does he like your writing? Or does he, he and I say, no. He said, Bernadette, kind because of, I write under a pen name. He goes, Bernadette kind of scares me. I don't want to write, you know, like he doesn't want to <laughs> participate in that way. But he, he supports me in all the ways that matter, which is, you know, making a sandwich for my daughter when I really want to finish something. And so, you know, I guess you have to kind of pick your poison, but I'm actually happy that he, he doesn't, um, he doesn't read my book. Cause I like a little bit of a zone of, of privacy, but it's funny, like people will read my book, especially family members. And they'll be like, Oh, you know, that character is, that's my mom, that's mom, or that's our cousin. So-and-so. And unless you're a writer, you don't realize like, sure, maybe some, some element. I mean, you pull your characters from somewhere, right? And maybe some outward elements. Maybe maybe they started like you know cousin Susie, but after the tenth redraft, right? They become their own people, right? So I don't know. Um, so do other? How about your other family members? Like, do your other family members support your your career and your writing? Yeah, I've been uh, with my current wife, hopefully the last one, for uh, <laughs> ten years now. And she is super supportive, and she is numbers. She's a commercial property manager, so it's all numbers in her head. So she doesn't want to be a writer, but she's a, but she's a reader. And mm-hmm. so on a lot of my stuff, she's my first reader. And she's very good at picking apart, you know, hey, this person, this happened in this chapter, but then you said this in this chapter. And she's really, really good at you know, beta reading all of my stuff now, not everything, a lot of the horror stuff uh, she doesn't want, I don't want her to read and she doesn't want to read, but all the crime thriller stuff, because she's a huge fan of that. And she'll help me out all the time. I'll paste the living room and say, okay, these, these are the things. And she's, she always says, stop thinking of it like a horror writer. Think of it like a crime writer. And it's the characters stop losing yourself in this big huge plot and all this stuff what would the just throw the characters in a room and have them work it out and talk and that saved a lot of my stories 
uh, over over the years. So she's super supportive. My mom, huge, huge reader still. Um, she's the one who was handing me Dean Koontz books when I was 12. And um, so she gets a copy of every book uh, for her shelf and and just at her at her library, they have a whole section of my books there, and she always loves get, to go in there and point it out and talk to people about my books, which is funny. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you came to write in your genre, and and which came first, the crime thrillers or the horror? Oh, definitely the horror. The the horror for a long time, that was all I was comfortable writing. Um, I didn't really think I didn't really think I had the chops to write a true crime thriller, you know, or mystery or any of those things. I thought a monster will throw a monster in here and he'll kill some people and somebody will defeat the monster and, you know, we'll we'll move on. Um and it wasn't really until twenty fifteen um there was a call out for from Amazon for a thing called Kindle Scout. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wanted no horror. And I said, you know what? I had this idea kicking around in my head about this guy who gets paid to kill children. But what if, instead of making this, this awful horror book, I made it a crime thriller, and he doesn't actually kill the children. He just takes them away from these awful people who are paying him to supposedly kill the children. And that was kind of where the idea for Dirty Deeds came up. And I, I, I won a contract with them, and the book did really, really well. In fact, um, uh, book 11 comes out in October, and book 12 will come out next March, and that will finish up the series. And for me, that was a lot of my wife saying, you're going too deep. You know, you're, 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 you're in the weeds here, you know, um, because she reads a lot of it, Janet Ivanovich and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And she was like, it's, it's the characters. Right. You know, think of your favorite crime thriller, you know, thriller authors. And uh, there's a, a great, great author, Dawn Lee McKenna, who I got to meet. And she passed away a few years ago. And she writes just wonderful, wonderful um, thrillers set in Apalachicola. And I would always say to her, if you put – your four or five main characters on a shrimp boat for 300 pages and all they did was talked, I, I would give that book five stars because your characters are so well-formed and thought out and funny, the interactions and everything. So I always try to remember that when I'm writing, you know, there's got to be plot there, but mm-hmm. that's not the overriding factor um, for me. You know, you really got to love the characters you're supposed to love and, the reader's got to hate the characters they're supposed to hate or it just falls flat. Right, right. Now, in horror, you have to, and I've written some paranormal, some people call my paranormal more horror, so maybe I have more in common with you than, than I would have thought. But, <laughs> but when you're writing a paranormal or a horror um, book, a lot of it is the world building, right? Because it's a little, you know, it's, it's usually very different from people's normal world, right? For example, I write about a family of Irish witches. So you kind of have to have the rules of their world. You know, how do they, you know, how do they use their powers? Who gets the powers? When can they use it? When can't they? And so I assume that you follow the same, a similar path in the horror world where you had to build your world. Now, did that help you in the crime fiction or did that hurt you? 
Like, did you have to do something similar creating that world in the crime thriller novel? Uh, I guess my problem is that I'm a total pantser. So there's no outlining. There's no research unless I hit a spot in the story where I need to figure something out. You know, uh, guns is always a big thing for me because I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a gun. I'm not a weapons person. So it's a lot of research um, that way. But yeah, horror, most of my stuff is going to be set in the real world, and then you have some kind of monster. It might be a human is the monster. It might be, uh, you know, a giant, uh, a Bigfoot or something. Mm-hmm. So there are rules, like if you're writing, you know, supernatural, if you're writing fantasy, if you're writing – you, you have to know the rules. You have to know the, the tropes you're going to use, and you really have to stick to them. You can't just change the rules midway through the book. You can't suddenly have some character suddenly can fly in yeah. 150 pages. That character could not fly because it, it, it ruins it for the, you know, it, it definitely ruins it for the reader. So when, as I'm going along, I start to get a sense of the feel for the book, and what I'm going to do. And for me, it's just writing a good story. It's not really, okay, I have to do this because it's a crime thriller. I have to do this because it's a horror book. Um, it all just, it all just kind of works itself out. <laughs> I don't know how I don't dwell on it, but it all just works itself out where, okay, I know I'm writing a crime thriller story. I know I'm writing something. So what's the crime? What's the, who are these people? Um, kind of thing. Whereas with the horror, it's more of, okay, who's the monster and who's my main character? And I'll just kind of fill it in from there. Right. Now you're still writing both genres at this point. Is that right? Yeah. I swore two years ago, I was only going to write crime thrillers because I mean, honestly, I'm making 10 times the amount of money that I was making on horror. And I mm-hmm. just had so many ideas and, um, then I signed a six-book deal with a um, monster publisher, Severed Press, and I wrote those six books, and they did really well, and then they signed me to another six-book deal. So I'm about halfway through that second deal, and they'll probably ask me to pitch for six more books for next year. So technically, I am I always like to say I'm a crime thriller writer. Um, but really I'm, I'm writing probably just as much horror still. And how has, has it, has writing, cause it seems like you started first with horror and then you moved over to crime thrillers. And so when you went back to horror, had something changed in your writing? Like did, did what you learned in being a crime thriller, um, writer, did that, you know, help you with being a horror or, or change the way you write horror? I think it definitely helped me. I think it definitely helped me with character development, mm-hmm. especially in short stories. Because, um, again, you know, horror is it's about the, the monster, whether it's a person or it's a, a Bigfoot or whatever. So uh, it definitely helped me to tighten that part up and just to, even in a short story, to present compelling characters. And the monster is a character, you know, your main character, whoever's in it is the character. So I think it definitely helped me in that respect and not have to, to rely on the 
horror part of it, the, the jump scare, the, you know, all the cliche horror tropes that I had written all into my, in my teen years, into my 20s, into my 30s. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it's definitely, you know, as a writer, your goal is to get better. Your goal is to look back on those first books and go, no, those were God awful. I've gotten so much better. And that's the goal. When I, when I talk to newer writers, younger writers, I always say, you know, Hey, you're going to put out your first book. You want it to be garbage in five years because you want to have been a better writer at that point. And some of them get it and most of them don't. Right. Right. But it's character, right? It doesn't. And that's how I, because I jump around genres as well. I've done uh, contemporary romance. That's where I started. I've done a lot of paranormal. um, And really it's, I think they were originally characterized as paranormal romance, but they're really more maybe on the horror side and more like women's fiction. And then I kind of found my, my feet a little bit. And so I now write primarily women's fiction, but I, the paranormal still draws me in. So every now and then, I, um, I'll do like a novella that's paranormal because I, um, because I want to almost like, I, I, I just have such an attraction to that. But in any event, it's, it's really, um, it's really the character, you know, like, yes, I'm writing in different genres, but my writing style or process isn't all that different. My books always start with the character. I have my character, and it's almost like my character leads me to what genre she wants to be in. So, um, so at least that's how it works for me. But one question I do have, because obviously your output has been incredible, you've been very prolific, but how do you write so many books if you're a pantser? It's all in my head. <laughs> I, 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 again, I can't, I can't explain it at all. Um, so I average about 450,000 words for my year. And most of that is going to be sold. Um, you know, I'll write short stories. I'll write different things here and there for myself, or I'll write, if I don't understand a character, I'll write a little short story that might be, you know, that might be like a reader magnet down the line or something, but everything gets used. And you just keep it in your head. Now, I'm writing five or six different things at the same time as well. So I might have a horror short story and a crime thriller short story up there for anthologies. And then I have a horror book I have to write. And I have two different crime thrillers that I'm in the process of writing. Um, Today, I'll, I'll write on two or three of them. So, you know, there's no writer's block because there's always something open. And when it's that point where I only have, say, two or three projects, I get bored. You know, I, I want there to be something new. Like today, I, uh, I was like, you know what? I don't feel any of these. And there's, a, there's an anthology coming up that I just saw. And you know what? I'm going to write that short story. So I, do, I go live on Twitch Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I write live. So people can see what I'm writing and they're in the chat room and they're asking questions. And we're talking about, we're, you know, we're talking about sports, music, food, whatever. And it's, it's just a nice, comfortable process for me after two, three years of doing it. So today I was just like, you know what, I'm going to write a brand new short story. And I just wrote the whole thing in about an hour and a half while talking to everybody. And I was like, all right, <laughs> now I just got to, <laughs> 
get this, you know, edit this up and and ship it out in a couple of days. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about what makes your books unique for somebody who hasn't tried your books yet. Why should they give them a try? Going to be no matter what the book, there's going to be some humor. Um, for some reason, my crime thrillers always have a lot of food in them. Uh, somebody just sent me a message. They're reading. They're about halfway through the Dirty Deeds series, and they said, uh, "Hey, does Duncan pay you for all the mentions?" Duncan <laughs> <in laughs> Donuts. Yeah, and I said no. I said uh, no. I just like Duncan. I mean, the character is an exaggerated version of me. I'm a big guy. And I like to eat, and I love Duncan, and and a lot of times it's I'm thinking of food or different things, and then my wife will laugh because I'll say, hey, what's last to be made in, like, meatloaf? And she's like, why did you just write that in, in a book? I'm like, yeah, I just, the guy went out for meatloaf, so can we have some meatloaf? And so, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that. I also, as a side note, I also wrote a nonfiction book about Duncan called The Month of Duncan. Uh, a couple years ago, and right before COVID, I did uh, October of 2019. I went to a different Dunkin' Donuts every day, sometimes two or three, and I had a different you know, either drink or food product. And I detailed that, and I also interviewed and talked to people who either worked there or customers, or I would invite a friend to come and interview. And um, Dunkin' loved the idea, and they gave me the the okay to uh to do it and um so I, I guess i do i guess technically duncan does pay me because <laughs> i made a lot of money off of that book too <laughs> oh that's funny now how would you say that your fiction is fearless <sighs> here's the funny part <laughs> I'm I'm 53. My kids are all in their 20s now. And um, so at this point, as a writer, there should be no holds barred. Nothing should be off the table. But I find as I've gotten older, I've gotten way, way more mellow when it comes to the crazy, when it comes to, like, Dirty Deeds is no profanity, no sex, no crazy violence, where in my horror stuff, in my 20s, I would write that stuff. It was no big deal. And so there are, it's kind of like if you would ask me, like, my early horror stuff in the, you know, 2009 when I put out um, my first zombie book, and it's a nine-book series, Dying Days, I wouldn't even write that today. Because then I was fearless of just writing whatever. And, you know, we were at a convention one time, and a guy came up and he says, oh, this is the book with the rapey zombies? And I went, hey, dude, can you not yell that? <laughs> and and, and there's, no rape, there's no rape in the books, but that was kind of one of the tropes that I upended that they can get excited and, and do that. And it was just a thought of it. That was the scary part, not them actually doing it in the books. And like I'm now, I'm like I would never, I would never think of that. I would never want to write that. Right. <laughs> so I think it's changed for me. It's, it's, it's a combination of 
you know, having kids, I mean, they're older and being old myself and also saying, you know what, I, I still need to make money. This still needs to be, you know, sellable. Anything I write needs to make me money so I can, I can continue to contribute to the household. Mm-hmm. Well, I think fearless and, and, the reason why I've called my podcast Fearless Fiction is, is and, and, and that's how I brand a lot of my books, is to me it's, it's following your path as a writer regardless of what others think. And that doesn't mean always writing, um, writing things that are shocking. I mean, you can write with things that are shocking, but it's really being authentic. That's how I see Fearless. I was in a writer's group and um, one of, somebody in the writer's group was like, you know, that character, she's just that's not going to sell because she's not very pleasant. Or, you know, she said something that was maybe not quite so PC. And I said, I may not, it's not that I necessarily agree with that point of view, but that point of view is true to that character. And what's my responsibility to make everyone comfortable or to write the best book that I can. And I, and so that's why that's how I characterize fearless. It's, it's, it's being true to yourself, being true to your art and not always thinking about, Who's going to say, you know, what people are going to think. People are either going to like your books, they're going to like you, or they're not. And um, I would just not, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather be true to my story than maybe alienate, um, an, you know, a reader. I mean, hopefully I wouldn't do that. But I'd, I'd much, much rather be true to the work. So that's what I think of as fearless. But thank you. I like Well, you're, write, you're, well. you're writing for yourself, right? You're writing a book that you haven't read that you want to read. And I think my worst my worst stories are the ones where I write to market or I write to, okay, I don't want anybody to get mad at me because, you know, in this book, there was a, a lesbian orgy and, you know, I got, uh, I got knocked on it. The publisher was like, Hey, they said you went a little too far, which I didn't. It was just a, the idea of this one reader who obviously doesn't like lesbians. And so it was like, oh, I can't write that anymore. But why? <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. not writing for that one person. I'm writing for me. And if anybody else likes it, if this stuff sells, hey, I'm I'm excited. I'm happy. But not to the point where I'm just not gonna, you know, I'm just not gonna write the things that I the things that I really want to write. You know, yeah. for me that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, I hear you. And and. I'm sorry, like, are you just, are all characters, do they all need to be nice? Because if you just want to write, read about nice characters, then I'm not your girl, you know? I write about people who, I just don't, you know? I've written about alcoholics. I've written about people who, you know, murderers, right? I've, I've run the gamut, and, and, you know, and those are my characters. And I've, I've, read, I've also written about a lot of lawyers, which I know I am a lawyer in my real life. So um, <laughs> people don't like lawyers. Um, you may not like that either. But um, yeah, no, I, I think, especially as I've grown, you know, I've been writing for 15 years now. And my, like you said, my, my goal each year is to write better books than I wrote the, the year before. And again, I think it's being true to myself and not trying to, I did try and twist myself in knots, especially when I first started trying to write romance. Because I'm not, I think to be a romance writer, you have to be very um, nice. I don't know if nice is the right, optimistic. I'm not right. a particularly optimistic person. So again, like <laughs> it, was, it was putting that round pet in a square hole. And um, like I said, I eventually found my path. 
And like I said, if you want really, you know, boy meets girl and runs off into the sunset, I'm not your girl. But anyway, um, no, I liked your answer, though. That was that was very good. Maybe you can talk a little bit about what other authors you think are similar to you. That's always a tough question, I find. But Well, so the first one that comes to mind who has a similar career path is Dan Padovona. And he started out writing horror books, uh, serial killer books, and they were kind of brutal. You know, there was real um, horror in there, and they were phenomenal books, but he wasn't making a ton of money doing it. Um, and then he said, you know what, I'm going to switch. I'm going to do crime thrillers with serial killers, but I'm going to tweak this so the tropes are crime thriller and not horror. And then he took off, and he uh, retired from his job three and a half years early. He was making so much money, and that was with two kids going to college. He was still making enough. And, you know, he busted his butt with Amazon ads and figuring out all the promotions, all the, everything you needed to do, and he ju- it just clicked for him. And I'm not there, but I'm getting closer where he is and – um, you know, his writing is similar to mine. We, we write series. So, you know, Dirty Deeds is 12 books. My series last year was First Coast Thriller. That's six books complete. Next year I'll do a book combining characters from both of those series called Down and Dirty. And, again, it will be six books. So every year or every year and a half I'll do another six-book crime thriller series and using characters from – previous books from that, from those, you know, that one world, that mythos. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. And he does the same thing. His characters cameo in books all the time. And then it just, he writes, he, he is insane. Every 40 days he finishes writing a book. And that's just nuts to me. That's incredible. I can't yeah. imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> I, I wish I, I could. I, I, <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, I would need a break. I mean, there's, it gets to a point where you're just like, can I just take a week off? But he loves it. I mean, he does, and he's doing absolutely phenomenal doing it. Wow. Well, he's a good, he's a good role model to have, it sounds like. Yeah, he, he definitely pushes um, whenever I see another. Oh, you know, we, the joke, me and a couple of other author friends, is um, I say, hey, I just read book five of, uh, you know, Dan's whatever series. And they go, oh, good. In the time it took you, the week it took you to read that book, he just released like six more books in that series. <laughs> wow. Well, well, he's making me feel a little bit bad about my, my output, but what can I do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> in, in my fantasy, when I can stop being a lawyer and, and do this full time, maybe. Uh, no, I still yeah. don't think I could pump it out that quickly. I, it's, it takes That's me a long a time to even – you know, like think about my character and figure out where she's going and, and, and make, make them unique, you know, not like a character from your prior books, but, um, but that, that does sound amazing. Now talking about characters, do you have a favorite character in any of your books or in any of your series? Definitely the main, main character from Dirty Deeds, uh, James Gaffney. Um, that's my favorite. Now, so when I first started, I, I thought, Everybody who read the first book who knew me said, well, this character is you. This is you, you know, 
your overweight, self-deprecating humor, Dunkin' Donuts every day. <laughs> you know, this is you. This is you, with, not with all the money, and you hopefully don't go around kidnapping children. And um, it took me until about book three to just like admit it to myself. You know, this is me. This is this is a lot of the quirks and the other stuff is literally just me in this book. So why am I fighting it? And um, and and that's that's easily been my biggest selling series. And um, and I think it's just because I love that I love that character so much. Now, do you find writing a character that's so close to you um, as being kind of, I don't know, like opening yourself up, like exposing yourself I mean, in a way that's uncomfortable? In a way, but I've always been, you know, I did podcasts where I would, I would, you know, basically tell you everything good and bad that I've done in this, in this business in 30 years. Um, on my Twitch, I'm constantly telling stories. I have a Patreon, and every Monday I do the week that was, and I tell you how many words I wrote every day and also what I ate every day, and also if we went anywhere, if we saw a good show or whatever. So it's really um, – I'm way out there sometimes more than I should be. I tell a lot of things um, <laughs> more than I should, which sometimes will get me – get me in trouble, especially with my wife. I, I will, um, uh, her, her sister will do something that I don't like. And I'm on Twitch talking, talking crap about her, her sister. And then she's like, Hey, I'm on. <laughs> my wife has popped in and I'm like, okay, so I'm dead tonight. You know, and she's like, please stop telling everybody everything about our lives. You know, and I'm like, I can't help it. This is like, this is what I do. So I, I think I'm, I'm already there on the day to day. So in the, in the books, in the stories, it's just kind of a, the next progression for me. You know, my wife will read, um, especially that series or the first coast thriller series. And she'll, she'll laugh and she'll say, I know where this conversation came from, or I know, you know, I, I know where this is or what this place is. So it's, it's neat because she knows the inside of where these things actually evolved from or, you know, what the conversation actually was. So she keeps you honest. Very much so. Yes, very, yeah. very much so. It's the, um, I, I can't stray too far. <laughs> um, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you're working on now. It sounds like a million things or, or what's your latest release or what do you have upcoming? Um, my latest release is, uh, depending on this one, this goes live. September 15th is called Seal the Deal. It's live now. It's, People it's, can listen now. So we're, we're live now. Uh, September 15th. <laughs> All right. Which is in a few days. Um, Seal the Deal. And that is a suspense thriller. And it's a little different than anything I've written before. I'm, I'm really really excited for this one. It's about what you would do if a stranger knocked on your door and said, uh, somebody has chosen you to die, but if you pick a loved one to trade places with you, would you do it? And that's the whole basis of the, of the book. 
So we, it's a ton of characters. You know, it's a lot of different characters. So it was fun to create all these different people and different situations and stuff. So that it's, it's, it, this book uh, was a lot of fun to write. Is there a character of your sister-in-law? Maybe. <laughs> but we won't tell her. Yeah, my, my wife read this one, and she was like, okay, I remember this guy. Oh, okay, this is, you know. And again, like, it's not 100% them. It's yeah, of course not. Quirks, it's little things about them, you know, that, uh, that I have. I mean, there's some good stuff, too, uh, from from different mix of people as well. So, Well, at Thanksgiving, you won't get in trouble for the good stuff. You'll get in trouble for the bad stuff, right? <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> well, this has been really great. Maybe Before we head off, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you do in terms of promotion and then let us know where people can find you online. I, am, uh, I try to jump on all of the new things, you know, Blue Sky and threads and now x and all those and just to have a presence on them but i don't i don't spend my day on those (laughs) you know promotion for me is i do uh very well with facebook ads i do very well with bookbub ads my wife actually does my amazon ads for me uh, because she knows the numbers and she can she's looking i'm like this is just a bunch of numbers i don't know what any of this means and she figures that out so um you know, like I said, I'm on Twitch three or more times a week talking to people. Uh, you can find all of my links and everything else on armonrosamilia.com. I'm active. I got an author, Armand Rosamilia page on Facebook that I'm I'm on all the time. So I'm out there. I'd love to, love to have uh, people ask questions. I'd love to, to talk about books. I'd love to, uh, you know, again, like we said in the beginning, it's just, I am blessed, and this is living the dream. Yeah, you you definitely are. And like I said, I'm very, very jealous. I would love to be a full-time writer, but um, so so you inspire me. Um, But but Armand, this has been so much fun, and thank you so much for joining my first, you know, rebranded podcast. Um, I really appreciate you taking a chance with me, and and for joining me. So thanks again. Thank you. I feel Um, feel honored that uh, I'm on here with you. Yes, yes, it's been fun. And uh, it's actually really fun to interview a man because my prior podcast, Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, I think I interviewed out of, you know, I had done 70 podcasts. I think I interviewed two guys. So it was really fun to (laughs) interview a guy. (laughs) So thanks. Thanks for trusting me. Um, Well, anyway, just a reminder to um, all my listeners, there are over 50 shows in the archives. Although they were called Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, they're now under the Fearless Fiction uh, brand, so you can find them. So I encourage everyone to check those out. Um, Also, please like the Fearless Fiction Facebook page for information about my upcoming guests. You can also sign up for my newsletter on BernadetteWalsh.com, and you will receive a free gift as well as all the information about the upcoming podcast. And talking about free, my paranormal horror novel that we talked about on this um, earlier about a family of Irish witches called The Devlin Witch is free. So it's on Amazon. It's free. So please check that out. So thanks again, everyone, for joining me today. This is Bernadette Walsh, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye.